everyone, and welcome to Holiday Helper. My name's Olivia, and today we'll be continuing the conversation about Christmas. Today, I've asked interior designer Amanda Williams to join us to tell us her opinions on the season. So hello, Amanda. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, great. I mean, I'm sadly in isolation for the next two weeks, but apart from that, I'm doing pretty good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Seems <laughs> to be how the world is going these days. Um, so how long have you been an interior designer? I have been practicing interior design for 15 years now. I graduated from Mount Royal University in 2005, which makes me feel really, really old. But um, it kind of feels like it, it was just yesterday. Well, that's nice. And how long have you had your own business? Um, we formally incorporated in 2009, but I was freelancing for about two years before that. So I guess, you know, probably about 13 years since, you know, I started throwing my name on the letterhead. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And what do you find is the most difficult part of your job? That's such a good question. Um, I think there's a couple of challenges. I think number one, the challenge is the perception of interior design. I think, you know, um, while a lot of the television shows have been like really great at advocating for our design, for, for the interior design industry, and also for people getting involved in design, um, they've in some, some ways done our industry a little bit of a disservice. Everybody's like, oh, it's so much fun, but, and it is, um, it's super fun, uh, but it's actually a really technical industry. You know, our designers spend a lot of time on computer doing technical construction drawings. And so I think that's, that's perception is one of them. And I think the other challenge is it's style, right? And I think there's so many debates we can have on style and people's sense of beauty and what they find interesting. And so really digging into the psychology behind somebody, you know, why they love something or what they find aesthetically pleasing is always a little bit of a challenge and trying to bridge the gap sometimes between a partnership or two people living in a house together, just trying to make sure that like you're getting inside somebody's head and being able to communicate that in 3D space is, is always a bit of a challenge. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so talking about holidays, what, what would you consider Christmas your busiest holiday or around, do you get busier around certain holidays? We, we do, um, and mostly only, I think really with our residential clients, um, it's, it's frequent that we get contacted a little bit too late. But people start thinking about the fact that the holidays are coming and they have guests coming to their house and so they want it to be beautiful. Um, but especially the challenges we deal with right now with with COVID, just the delay in trying to get furniture and accessories, you know, it takes it takes a while even at the best of times. And so we do get busy before Christmas just with a push because everybody wants their home to look great. They're spending more time there. And so we do tend to get a little bit busier towards the holidays, but then very quiet over the actual Christmas holidays because our clients are either traveling back when we could do that um, or spending time with family. So it's, it's kind of nice. We have this big push, but then it's very quiet after that until the new year. Oh, nice. Do you have any traditions for decorating your home? Is there any specific things that you've always done for your house? Well, I'm definitely partial to a Christmas tree. Um, generally a real tree. I don't have a real tree right now, um, just based on where I'm living, but, um, I think the Christmas tree always sort of sets the tone. And I had had this tradition when I was little, I used to love sleeping in the living room underneath the Christmas tree. So all the lights are on and I used to sort of like play with the presents and make little towns and had little dolls and figurines. And so there's something that's just like very enchanting about sort of sleeping next to, you know, a, the lights from a tree. So I love that. 
And uh, I always love getting a wreath for the door. Um, there's a really great local company in Calgary called Amborella, and they do these like really beautiful, kind of more organic, modern um, wreaths. And so I like having something like that, just as a little bit of a welcome to my home. And Christmas greens. I really love Christmas greens. So the nice thing about them too, if you if you give them enough water, you can keep them for quite a long time. So I sometimes what I'll do is I'll do um, cedar and pine and then swap out like white flowers or berries or things like that. And that's super easy. Like you can literally go to Safeway or like a local um, florist and find Christmas greens. And I just I just kind of arrange them myself and put them all over the house. Plus, it smells fantastic. Fair enough. Natural smells are always pretty amazing. Yeah, everybody loves that Christmas smell, right? Absolutely. Another question. You mentioned that you ha usually have a real tree. Uh, do you have any tips or tricks to, like, help take care of a real tree for a little bit longer or how long you should have a real tree in your house? I, I feel like that's probably the same question that I get is like, how do you keep an orchid alive? And it's like, no, no one on earth knows how to keep an orchid alive, but there's a few people, there's a few people I've met, but um, I think of course that like the quality of the tree and like when you're getting it, like, you know, getting a tree early enough in the season, like right now, I think a lot of people are getting trees quite early. You just honestly have to make sure they're being, you know, there's lots of water um, in there because otherwise they, they literally do start to shed and become, and become a fire hazard. And I think that's why a lot of people have transitioned into artificial trees is they're a little bit easier to put up, right? They, everything just sort of unfolds, all the lights are on there and you just plug it in. And so that was one of the reasons too why, why we did it. But the other part is just from a fire safety standpoint, um, you know, you're not worrying about those, those branches getting brittle and dry, but I think the quality of the tree and, and lots of fresh water, checking it regularly are super important to keep the tree nice and fresh. And pro trick that I found last year is there's these, um, for an artificial tree, they're these like, um, they're the little scented sticks that you can hang in the tree. And I just picked mine up from Canadian Tire. And honestly, they, it smells like a real tree and it makes the whole house smell like a real tree. I'm going to have to look into that. We're, we're using a fake tree in my house for the first time since I was, at, well, since I was born. So it's very, it's a very new experience for my family. I know it's like, and when I go home at Christmas time, my grandparents always have a real tree and I, I do miss the charm of it, but it's sort of like the difference between having like a wood burning fireplace and a gas fireplace, right? It's like, what is the, what kind of maintenance do you want to have on the tree during that time? So, I mean, I'm, I'm very pro wood burning fireplace, but. Um, and you mentioned lights and if we're talking about a real tree, how would you suggest doing lights? And I do have to ask this because when we, when we had a real tree, it was a constant argument in my house of how we should do the lights. My dad <laughs> thought we should do it up and down. My mom thought we should do it around. And my grandma always just sat there and laughed. So. Well, your mom's obviously right. At least for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, you, I'm a, like, you start at the top and you work your way down kind of gal. Um, but again, if your tree is already pre-lit, you don't even need to worry about that. That's something that we've definitely enjoyed about having a uh, fake tree this year. <laughs> well, and then you don't have to go through untangling the, uh, the lights every season. Like, cause you know how, like, no matter how nice and tidy you put the lights away, when you pull them out next year, you literally have to spend like an hour untangling them. My cat 
my cat is in my tree right now. Like climbing, climbing up my tree. Like she's. So. Hello, cat. (laughs) You her because she's, uh, oh, oh, she's coming down. Um, (laughs) so animals and trees and little kids and trees, what would your biggest suggestion be for like safety for them? Oh my gosh, that's tough. So with kids, young kids, um, we always recommend if you have an opportunity to tie your tree to something because kids will go and grab things. The other thing is, is like the, the decor. So most of the decor I have on my tree is either soft or it's plastic. So if a ball drops, you're not dealing with like broken glass. I think that's the biggest thing. Little kids love it's everything shiny. They love to grab it. And so if you do have, um, you know, ornaments that are precious or breakable, like hanging those up a little bit higher and then keeping the bottom of the tree with some ornaments where if they end up breaking or coming off, you're not going to be um, upset, but also trying to secure your tree to something just in case a kid does grab it and tries to pull at it and knock it down. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how to keep cats out of trees because almost everyone I know who has a cat, their cat loves to scale up the trees. So I just sort of let it happen and, and, and hope she doesn't get stuck in there. She's been stuck in there before. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you have to be careful with too, I think with both cats and dogs is, is tinsel can be really um, dangerous if they're eating it. And in general, just like any animals eating um, pine needles or even like the fake tree when it does sort of shed um, can be a little bit dangerous. So just making sure you're keeping that stuff sort of swept up or keeping an eye on it or in the case of tinsel, just don't use it at all. So just following on the line of kids, is there any like decorative things other than the tree that you think would be good for small children? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the first one, again, is just going back to, you know, I think being careful about how precious the pieces are. So I I know a lot of people like to get like a nativity scene. Those are, those can often be like ceramic and pretty precious. And so there's lots of um, nativity scenes that are a little bit more kid friendly. They're made out of like wood that's been painted, um, you know, and, and that makes it a little bit more interactive for kids as well. So if they want to play with it, you're not like, okay, you can't touch the nativity scene. So I think that's a really good first start. And I think that there's other things that you can do that can still sort of communicate Christmas, but not be in a situation where you're afraid that a bunch of decor is going to be taken off of tables and things like that. So as an example, what some of our clients do sometimes is swap out the cushions on their sofa, right? So maybe usually they've got like, jewel toned, you know, colors of pillows on their sofa, but they might swap them out for, you know, a sequin pillow or a red felt pillow or a plaid pillow or big, big sort of warm woolly or fur blankets, you know, because you still kind of then get your Christmas feeling without making it to a point where there's just like decor everywhere where kids can grab and break or move, etc. So, you know, I think that's an easy way to do it. Wreaths are up high enough doing a mantle, you know, that's out of kids reach. So I just think, think about like being able to obviously um, put things up a little bit higher. And then of course, stockings, like who doesn't love a stocking, right? So if you can get a great stocking and and get your kid's name on it, like a a custom stocking or something like that, that's always really, really fun. Uh, Yeah. Um, And on the topic of stockings, so my family has decorative stockings that we put up uh, before, you know, the night before. And then the night before we put out our stockings, what would your opinion be on that? Would you, do you think decorative stockings are a good idea or should you just put up, you know, your family stockings? Is that more of a? Well, that's, that's a good question because like, I think 
I think, of course, a lot of us have stockings we've had since we were kids and they start looking decrepit and falling apart and they don't match the interiors. But there's like something that's very charming about that. Um, we've always just put our stockings up, even if they don't really match the decor. But I think if you are kind of concerned, I actually like your approach. We've never done that. But yeah, you can put up decorative stockings so that like the house looks pulled together. And then like you said, the night before, swap them out and, and put up your, you know, the stocking you've had since you were three years old or whatever. Yeah, my polar bear's looking a little bit drag, so. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is they don't wear very well over the years, especially when they're stuffed full with things. So uh, due to COVID and everything that's going on, I know that some people are not going to be able to spend Christmas at home. And what would your advice be to them who are decorating for the very first time not being able to be home this year? Stop, stop decorating and go to Mexico. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that's, a, that's a great question. So I think... I think when you're starting fresh, I mean, it can be, it can be expensive to get everything. So as an example, like you can get, you can get a, a, a faux Christmas tree from Canadian Tire anywhere from about $200 up to about six to $800. Um, I would always say if you have the ceiling height, get the tallest tree you can for the best amount of money. Um, you know, they've got trees that go up, I think, to about seven and a half to eight feet. So if you have the ceiling height, obviously, like a taller tree always feels a little bit grander. Um, so because you keep the tree for so long, I would invest in a taller tree up front, then paying two thirds of the cost and having a short tree and then you wanting to replace it a couple of years later, because the, the faux Christmas trees do last kind of forever. Um, so I think that's a good place to make a good investment. Whereas with decor, if you're anything like me, I actually, because, you know, most of those sort of nostalgic Christmas ornaments are at my parents' house, right? So when you're starting from scratch, it might be something where after a couple of years, you want to redo it. So I've been through probably about four or five different sets of Christmas ornaments over the years, just based on like what my house looks like, or maybe what trends are evolving, or maybe just something that I'm into. So I just did brand new Christmas ornaments last year and um, kind of did a combination of just like inexpensive balls from Canadian Tire. And then there's some like really cute sort of handmade ornaments that I got from um, plant here locally that are all just made by like local artisans. Fair enough. I mean, everybody has a different opinion on the holidays and I really have enjoyed getting yours. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really appreciate you taking this time out of your schedule. And as for my listeners, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to being your holiday helper next week. See ya! Mm -hmm.